Edward in Edgewise. Good morning, RW. Good morning, Allison. About an hour after sunset yesterday evening on the southeast horizon, Antares, Saturn, and the burgeoning full moon were in a line from lower right to upper left. June's full moon, known variously as the flower moon, the strawberry moon, the rose moon, and the honeymoon, among other appellations, occurred this morning about a half hour ago at 7.02 Eastern Daylight Time. So technically, this morning's full moon is yet a spring full moon, as the summer solstice does not arrive until 6.34 Eastern Daylight Time this evening. That makes June's full moon the fourth full moon of a season, unusual in that most seasons have only three full moons. While mulling over this forthcoming nexus after supper yesterday evening, I heard my girlfriend gleefully call from upstairs, You can see it! she exclaimed. So I figured I had better go look at whatever she was getting so excited about. Positioned by the south-facing window of our bedroom is a big palm tree we named Spike many years ago. Duck under the leaves at the right so you can look through the clear glass, my girlfriend instructed. Then put your thumb over the moon and look for the green glow of Saturn just under your thumb. And sure enough, there it was. Astronomers tell us the faint green glow is happening because currently in our view, Saturn's rings are tilted to provide a nonetheless distinct glimpse of the Cassini division separating the A and B rings. With a low-powered telescope, the major moon Titan becomes visible as well. I thought about much of this yesterday morning as I was trying to shoehorn in some activity in our garden, which per usual was let go for too long making reclamation now a major project. After turning the compost heap preparatory to adding more green matter, my girlfriend and I set about the task of weeding, trimming back some of the wild flowers that were beginning to go by, all the while watching for the returnees who wanted to definitely save, such as hollyhocks, butterfly weed, and strawberry plants. As they seem to every year, Aphids were getting comfortable on the lupin whose flowers were fading. We saved the seed pods from the tops of the stems and cut the rest of those plants down to ground level and brought them to the compost pile. For years now, we have been waiting to plant many of our crops until late June, when the ground is well warmed and fairly free of that mid-spring, down-east, dank cold that often rots seeds before they have the chance to germinate. Usually our corn, squash, green beans, and pumpkins will sprout within four to five days, somewhat accelerated compared to planting earlier in June. These yearly preliminary labors in our garden allow for considerable contemplation. Within those halcyon moments relishing the sun, time seems to float in virtual suspension as thoughts drift from the past through the present and into the future. Yesterday, for example, I thought about Bertrand Picard and André Borschberg, the two pilots who have been taking turns flying Solar Impulse, the solar-powered airplane that, if all goes according to plan, will soon be embarking on a transatlantic flight using only solar energy. And today is the 38th anniversary of President Jimmy Carter and First Lady Rosalind Carter climbing to the roof of the White House to celebrate the installation of solar panels there. 
Some of us might remember that seven years later, President Ronald Reagan had the solar panels removed and put into storage in a federal facility in Virginia, where they remained for several years before making a trip to Maine at the request of Unity College, where in 1992 they were installed for use in generating hot water for the dining hall there. President Carter subsequently sent a note of congratulations to the college, appreciating that the panels had again become of some use. For more on Maine, happy summer.